This is episode number 215 with Gabby Reese. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome everyone to the podcast today, episode 215. Make sure to head back to the show notes at lewishouse.com slash 215 if this is your first time here. Thank you for joining. You're in for a special treat because we have one of the greatest women's beach volleyball players of all time, Gabby Reese here, and she's also a successful model, actress, writer, and fitness expert. I'm very excited to dive into this conversation because last week I had her husband, Laird Hamilton on, who shared some incredible insights, so much positive feedback from that episode. So make sure to go check out that episode after you listen to this one, do them back to back because they're both extremely powerful in their own way. And Gabby talks a lot about how she overcame so much adversity in her childhood growing up through into the ranks of uh, professional volleyball and transitioning, then talks about married life with uh, a successful, what I like to call alpha male, who's a very manly man, what that takes to be in relationship, to thrive and be an independent woman, have your own thing going on as well, but also be the woman that does it all, that has it all, who is it all. And that's definitely the definition of Gabby She is it all and is such a lovely person to be around. So I'm very excited for you guys to dive into this. And before we do, I just want to give a quick mention about the book that's coming out. That's right. The School of Greatness book is coming this October 27th. It's going to be in your hands. All you got to do is go to greatnessbook.com and pre-order a copy or 100 copies today. That's right. Go to greatnessbook.com. Check it out. I can't wait for you to get it in your hands and start diving in. That's right. I'm super pumped about this. But until then, you've got some amazing content right here. And make sure to go back to lewishouse.com slash 215 to watch the full video interview as well. Check out all of the information and sites about where you can connect with Gabby online. And without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode with the one and only Gabby Reese. Welcome everyone back to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got Gabby Reese. How's it going? That's good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me come to your home. I'm very excited to be here. Some people and, uh, are happy to be here, some aren't. <laughs> it's like a, a magical <laughs> land here. You know, I was driving up through the hills and mm-hmm. getting up here and the, the pool and the scene and everything, the yeah. workout room. I was like, this is a, an athlete's dream to be here. Yeah, we're, we're fortunate that we've had the opportunity to create uh, this environment. And, yeah. you know, I mean, if you talk to my kids, though, they're, you know, it's still like I'm telling them to brush their teeth here and take their laundry and put it in the hamper. So it's still a house, too. Right, right, right. Exactly. But it's like a whole facility. It's like a compound yeah. for, like, greatness. Well, it's inspiring. We have moments, maybe, of greatness flowing <laughs> in and out. Um, I think, you sure. know, like everyone, we're, we're doing the best that we can. Yeah, of course. Of course. Know? Well, that's all we can do is our best. Um, so our publicist, our mutual friend, Amy, mm-hmm. introduced us, so I'm very grateful for that. And she said, I've got to interview you for my podcast. And I didn't really know who you were until she started talking about you. Then I became yeah. fascinated. Well, because you're with, young. Because you're young, young. <laughs> a lot younger. Yeah. yeah, but then I realized, oh, she was like, well, she's one of the top uh, volleyball players in the world and mm-hmm. this and that. And I was like, well, she'd been to the Olympics. And it was yeah. kind of before all the, it all came about in the Olympics and, and things, right? Or, when I was actually playing in a different discipline, I was playing four on four gotcha. when the Olympics got on rolled two. into two on two. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, and maybe it's, I don't want to say not a popular idea, uh-huh. but there was a part of me that was always really realistic about the platform of beach volleyball. And so first of all, I, my four and four lended itself to my strengths. And so Why is I, that? I'm a bigger player, and uh-huh. so you can be a little bit more specialized. Two on two, you have, you have to, to be, be well-rounded in every really diverse. And I had just come from college, and so there wasn't a lot of time, if you will. And so I got drafted to play four and four, and it just it was sort of like hit the road running. And yeah. and um, and also I was looking always at the other elements of of my business, mm-hmm. and I continued to pursue all of those 
those things because you know it's like you're you're sort of calibrating two things you're calibrating being a great athlete which i dedicated 90 percent of my time and my mm-hmm. training where about 10 percent of my income came from right exactly that was your passion and it, yeah. it was a thing for me right it was a mm-hmm. thing that made me feel good about myself right. and made me feel um not proud but when you work hard that feels really good yeah and it's sort of like well let me see how you know if i can continue to improve and to be on a team there's no better feeling you know, it's, yeah, I mean, even Laird is an individual athlete, but he mm-hmm. still has a guy that's going to tr- rescue him or tow him onto a wave and enjoy his ride. Mm-hmm. And there is a connection there. And I think sure. for me, um, volleyball, I've, I've talked about this a lot, like Carrie Walsh, for her, I think volleyball is besides all those elements. It was like, okay, I'll go to NCAA finals and then I'll go. And I fell into it and I sort of thought, wow, this is a great environment for me. I'm with, uh, you know, I have like a family Mm. and I have coaches that help me and that push me to work hard. And even the fact that I think you respect yourself, you know, when you, when you are working hard and improving it, I think it's part of life. Yeah. You know, it's like you doing this podcast, the notion of how can I be better today than I was yesterday in some way Mm -hmm. is really an essence of life. Yeah. So volleyball was always those things for me, but I was also always looking at my other business. And what was your other business? Well, when I started in college on a scholarship at Florida State, I was modeling. And that was to pay the bills. Of course. Right? I wasn't like, oh, I want to be a model. I never thought about that. Because the way I grew up, too, wasn't like people like, wow, you're so great and you're so pretty. They were like, you are giant. You're tall. Because you were like 6'3 when you were 12 or something. Like 15. Six foot at 12. Wow. So what was good. That's how tall I was when I was, Yeah. Well, boys grow a little bit slower. (laughs) You you finish strong, though. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) But I think for me, it was, I just looked at it very practically. Mm. You know, I didn't come from a place where my family could afford, I was on my own. Yeah. And so I looked at it as a job. You traveled the world and you were paid very well for it. Um, and so I, I sort of strategically said, okay, this is one job. And then once I turned professional in volleyball, I, again, we weren't really making very much money in prize money. So I. Like, what's I, the most you're making? Like a thousand dollars a tournament? No, no, you were doing better than 10, that. 10,000 a tournament, 20,000. So if you're a doubles player, maybe you could do 10, or if it's an international, yeah. 20, correct. Yeah. And depending on how big the tournament was. For fours, though, you were maybe sitting at like 33, like 3,000 each athlete on a team of four and all your expenses were paid 30,000 each athlete three three thirty two hundred three thousand each athlete. right so like each win. team if you win but if you lose you it's probably like got like 1500 bucks, bucks. Okay, okay. and of the great the beautiful thing about fours is all that that league paid for all the expenses that's nice yeah because then you had athletes that weren't going to be out of pocket yeah. to try to at least um win so it was a running joke you know like with my accountant she'd be like oh you didn't lose any money this year playing volleyball because <laughs> you know as a captain if i took my team to dinner or yeah, yeah. paid a coach extra outside of the you know you had to pay for your own coach everything so i would pay i had a really great coach gary sato so he deserved obviously to be paid nike was really helpful you Mm -hmm. know with all of that but so i was always very conscious that hey this is i understood the limitations of what that's that sports platform provided so that's why i was always and i and i knew that i was fortunate to have these other platforms so it wasn't like i thought oh I'm going to have these other, I understood that it was a a real opportunity for me. Mm. So I did television and a lot of writing very early by, by the time I was 22 because I was now a professional. So I was allowed to, Mm. when I was doing NCAAs, I played two years on scholarship and then gave up my scholarship so I could model because if Mm, it made more sense financially, make more. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise I, it was against the rules. You couldn't have a job. I was cause yeah, you can't have a paying job and then be on scholarship. It's crazy. So I gave up my scholarship and continued to play for Florida State for my last two years. So you as, still played, you just didn't get... You didn't I was get, a walk-on. Gotcha, wow. But you were the captain of the team or... I mean, I was a starter, but yeah, it's yeah. still, you know, it was a joke between my coach and I. <laughs> I was a walk-on. It's crazy. But I just kind of did the math and thought, you know, yeah. just, and it was just better. So I've always sort of looked at it a little bit differently too, because I think I'm also geared more for survival mm. first. And so I, I understood too that also those opportunities have a very short window on them. So yeah. you better take advantage Three, when, four years maybe when they're or, there. If you're yeah. fortunate or you yeah. connect one to the next. Mm-hmm. So maybe you develop a skill set if it's TV or it's writing, but then it parlays mm-hmm. into the next opportunity or what have you. Sure. So what was it like growing up? And you grew up in the Virgin Islands, is that right? Yeah. So, well, 
Okay, so I was born actually in California, but、okay. I didn't really live here. Then my mom, and I'm not making this up, and it does sound like I am, but I'm not. <laughs> she was training dolphins in Mexico City、no、in、way. a circus. You、yeah. are making it up. And I lived there. I was about two years old, two and a half, and、uh, I got whooping cough. So a childhood friend of hers、um, and her husband, they took care of me, and they took me to Long Island, New York, for five years. So from two two and a half to seven, I lived with them. And when I was five, during that time, my dad, who I wasn't living with either, he passed away. Okay. And so then, when I was seven, my mom had gotten remarried to a gentleman, my stepfather, who was from Puerto Rico, and we moved down there. And oddly, my father, my biological father, is from Trinidad. So I have, you know, sort of roots to the islands. So then they didn't want to live in Puerto Rico. Hence, moved to St. Thomas. Lived there till I was fifteen. Seven to fifteen. And then I was getting a little idle time is not great for a teenager. No. So my mom said, "You're out of here." My junior year. I moved to St. Pete, Florida. I got really involved with volleyball. I had dibble dabbled a little bit before that,、right. but really got involved and also basketball very seriously.、Sure. I had a great coach, and then my senior year, I played both sports. And the joke、right. was, I had about six—I don't know, five or six offers for volleyball and about thirty for basketball. Really, you were better in basketball because I had a better coach. And I went to a BC、uh, camp at the time. I don't even know if they exist anymore. BC Blue Chip Camp. So yes, you're invited,、yes. and so I went to the South、uh, East Region and.、Um, And that's where I knew too. I don't. I didn't know if I was tough enough really to hang with all the Division One girls. Really. At that camp, I was like, oh yeah, maybe I should have a net between me and. <laughs> and and I I just loved volleyball. I mean,、yeah. I loved basketball too. But、yeah. um, so then I went to Florida State, and I I had the opportunity to model then, but I it wasn't a, sure, a for sure thing.、Mm-hmm. And and going to school on a scholarship was. Of course. And I was seventeen, so I had a little bit of time. Yeah, that's great. And then that following summer is when I started working in New York. That's great. What was it like growing up when you were, you know, on the islands, six feet, whatever,、mm-hmm. at a young age? How did that affect you, or did it affect you? Did it give you more confidence, or did it make、yeah. you feel like an outsider? Well, it's interesting. I, I mean, there's a couple dynamics going on. I、mm. think I was because I didn't come from the most stable environment. I think my mind was first on other things,、mm. which was,、um, you know, when you're navigating not living with your parents and then. You're sort of also fending for yourself a little bit. That's actually first order,、uh, you know.、Yeah. And then, of course, I was very aware. I would go places. Everyone stared at me because I was very unusual. You know, now kids are, are a lot girl taller. White girl on these islands, yeah. Yeah, but the good thing about the Caribbean was, it's a diverse place. Yep. So I think that within that. I think it was a big deal, but it wasn't a big deal.、Mm. And my mother's very tall.、Uh, she's about she's very close to my height. She's six two and a half,、mm. a very beautiful woman. So I also had somebody I was living with that, and she's very athletic. That、um, it didn't seem to be really a problem. So it was never really a problem for me. I just realized it was it created a reaction with other people. Yeah.、Um, so you were confident in your own skin. I wasn't. No, I wasn't walking around like a rooster. I just wasn't tormented by it. Okay. I certainly was still trying to blend in. You had insecurities. Be cool,、yeah, and that's、yeah. just the nature of being a female and going through puberty. I think any teenager. Correct. Yeah. You know. So I had the natural amount of that with yeah, a heightened、yeah. amount of. Okay, you know, I went to one school for a minute in eighth grade, and they thought I was a substitute teacher. Wow! You know what I mean, like just things like that. But I think in the end, and I always believe this, that those rubs that you get in life、mm. are the things that, if you can survive them, make you very strong. Yeah.、Um, but I think what was really good for me was is having to have a real sense of self. And that it was based on what I thought, not what others thought. Because、mm. then swing the door the other way. When I'm 18 and I'm living in New York and being paid for an appearance, I didn't buy into that either.、Yeah. Because I already had defined it for myself. So I wasn't like going now. I'm really great because、sure. you guys say I'm great. Just like five years prior, I wasn't fully buying into I'm a weirdo or a freak because you guys think. I'm that way, so I think that that was a really valuable lesson. And how did you get that understanding or confidence? On both spectrums, how did you have the awareness during that time? I think because I I didn't come from the most stable situation, I think I was very focused on on bigger ideas.、Mm. That's interesting. And that not you were thinking that way at that age. Yeah, I think that's just how you're born.、Mm. I would love to say I was really oh I'm you know I was so smart and all these things. I don't think that's the case. I just think it's my gearing,、mm. and I think maybe intuitively. I remember sort of being. I remember moving to Florida, and then like by my senior year, kind of going. You know, very soon this is going to be my life, and so everything I do, I should do 
for myself mm. instead of just being defiant because I was angry or upset yeah. about certain things, sort of going, okay, but what do I want my life to look like? Instead right. of being aggravated about what, the way it wasn't, mm -hmm. what do I want it to look like? And I knew clearly very young that I thought there were certain things that my my mother or even the couple that took care of me that are wonderful and a, an important part of my life still, it seemed really hard to me. And I knew I wanted to make it easier. Mm. It didn't mean I didn't, I didn't think I was going to have to work hard. Right. I just intuitively knew, can remember like being 13 going, um, I think I'm going to try to make some of this easier. <laughs> On your life and everything you're doing. Yeah. Even like, I mean, we never had, we couldn't afford it. We, we never had cars really that worked well. <laughs> right. And I remember like being with like radiators that were overheating thinking, I don't think I want to spend days <laughs> of my life. Fixing this. Or putting water in yeah. a radiator before you take, you know, it's like all these things. And it's easy for me right. to say because again, it's, this is a, a, a blessing. Mm -hmm. You know, these are blessings, but I remember feeling that determined early, mm. um, that young, like certain things I want to make easy on myself. Sure. You know, how long did your professional volleyball career uh, last for? Uh, sh you know, intensely for about eight to 10 years. Wow. And then I, my, my one knee was really giving me a lot of problems. And also randomly at the same time, I got an opportunity. Somebody wanted to pay me to train for golf to see if I could just get my card, not become a great golfer, but become good enough to get your pro card. Correct. And Were you a good golfer already. No, never played golf in my life. That was the whole thing. <laughs> uh -huh. But I, I sort of thought there was a couple interesting things for me about it. One, I thought, wow, this could really prolong that environment of, of working hard towards something. Mm -hmm. Um, and why not? And, and also volleyball, again, it, there was a limitation. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I'd try it. So after about three years, um, I had, yeah, three years. Then I had my, I birthed my first daughter. Have, this was my second daughter because Laird came with a four month old mm -hmm. who was my daughter. And so, um, and I just couldn't. I couldn't juggle it. So I started doing long drive competitions and was qualifying for those for the world championships. Because huh. I was like, okay, one club. And by nature, I could hit it pretty long. Sure. Uh, you know, it's just physics. But um, it just, I couldn't get it done. And I learned a very valuable lesson because I worked many, many years, many, many hours at this. Is that the, the reason I was a good volleyball player is because I fell into the game and I really enjoyed the game and I became good at the game. Golf. You loved they, it. Correct. They put the, they put the goal the end game first. Mm -hmm. not I never, the love, not the no, passion. and I never got the, to discover because I was mm -hmm. just on the mission for, I have to get that. And I never had the discovery or the relationship with golf, mm, the joy of it. No. And so it was a really a big mistake on my part. Um, and not to mention you're talking about one of the most difficult and maddening <laughs> so, games. So challenging. Yeah. And I have heard stories. I think it would be virtually impossible on the men's side, but there are stories of a few women that have started very late and gotten their cards. Wow. Are they the top 10? No, they're not. Because I think you do need to start very young in order to mm. sort of reach that level. But there are stories of women wow. who started at 20 or 22 or what have you. So you never got the card? I didn't. I started having children. Yes. <laughs> Even better. Even better. More, more joy there. Yeah. But you won well, some world championships driving, is that what you said? Well, no, I, I qualified for the qualified. world championships. That's right. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was but, good. But you weren't fully. 100% invested in the path. It was just a different path. It was like, yeah. it was like an experiment. And they sort of right. said, Hey, if you get the card, then it's a success. So every day that I was doing it and I didn't have my card, I wasn't being successful. Gotcha. Right. But what was the end result for this? Was it just a, was it like a TV show or something? They were actually, no, because golf is an interesting sport that it's the only sport that IP is, you can, it's profitable. Mm. So they had a system of golf called gravity golf that they were teaching me on. And it's actually quite interesting. So what they were trying to do is also have like a validation towards Gravity Golf. And then that would be, that would have been part of their business. Gotcha. Okay. So it was all, it was all that. And then actually I did play in a few more tournaments. Um, I played actually pregnant with my third daughter or second mm. daughter. And I, that was brutal. I was like five months pregnant. Nothing like coming out of retirement. You're That's... like 37 years old. <laughs> and I was fit, always fit. Sure. But it looked like I had a beer belly. <laughs> Because they were trying you did to bring, have a beer belly. <laughs> they were trying to bring fours back. Okay. And I was always very passionate fours because I thought it would be the best feeder system to get indoor great players six on mm. six to the beach quickly. Mm -hmm. Very few players can Go transition quickly. quickly. They, yeah. It's hard. It takes a year or two probably to transition, right? Yeah, and then another six to be good and even have smell winning. Unless you're Carrie Walsh. If you didn't grow up playing beach volleyball, she's one of the only few athletes. Misty May grew up playing beach volleyball. There are a few others that are that were good quick. Holly McPeak. 
they all grew up playing beach volleyball. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you grew up playing on the court. Correct. And yeah. so those athletes take a lot longer. And a yeah. lot of it, a lot of them can't stick it out. So fours mm-hmm. is a great feeder system. Gotcha. So I was like, okay, I'll come out of retirement for that. Plus, I, I knew I could do it. Yeah. And so I played there, and I played one more um, mini season when I was 40. Wow. Because, again, they were trying to resuscitate it. So I was sure. like, fine, you can drag me out you know, <laughs> for one more. Fine. You know, yeah. force is a natural game for me. Yeah, that's I cool. I like it. That's cool. It's hard on my knees, but I like it. Yeah. How, are your knees better now? Or are you kind of... Oh, no, they're not going to be better. They're not going to be better. No. It's, but, you know, I did all my 80 years of jumping in 25 years. <laughs> right, exactly. But you're doing other types of fitness and activities right now, right? And why is, yeah. why is living a healthy lifestyle so important to you today? Well, when I think even competing in sports, what I learned was the joy of, of movement mm. and even, uh, you know, the discomfort of training. I always say most athletes kind of enjoy the grind on some level. It's not that they love every, all of it, you know, but they do, there's something in it for them. Yeah. Um, also, it's very real. You have to remember, I, if I came from modeling or doing forms of television or what have you, it's a little bit pretend. And so I sort of always love the fact that you just couldn't really fake it. Mm. You had to deliver, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and I met Laird at 25. So I, you know, this has been my partner for many years. So I think it's just been a part of our lives. Yeah, fitness and... Yeah. Um, and so I just think I, I also believe that it's one of the most valuable things that, I mean, you know, you can take all this away. But if my kids are healthy or, and I'm healthy, that's, that's pretty valuable. Yeah, it's really valuable. Yeah. Now I'm curious, I want to go off track a little bit. Um... I'm curious to know for all the women listening. Mm-hmm. Do you one, have women listening? Oh yeah, lots okay. of women I'm just listening. Because yeah, yeah. they think you're cute, that's why. No, because I have great guests on. <laughs> right, Amy. Uh, <laughs> um, but for all the women listening and the men, really, um, what's it take to be with a strong, driven man uh-huh. for a woman? What's it take from you right. to have this thriving relationship? I mean, I've seen you guys together for a couple hours now, and it just mm-hmm. seems so positive and joyful and seems like great, uh, you have a great language that you speak together, yeah. even when you're not speaking. Right. And I'm curious, what does it take from you or any woman sure. to experience being with a driven man who's mm-hmm. got crazy dreams and who's going out there risking his life every other day and mm-hmm. who's very, you know, macho in, yeah. in a good sense? Yeah, he is. Um, but how does someone, how does a woman step up to the plate yeah. to handle that and... Not take that away from him, but right. embrace it and still get what she needs. Sure. Speaking from your experience, I guess. Well, you know, first let me start off by saying that Laird and I have been together almost 20 years and we've had a few times that it was a little, it was going to be touch and go if we mm. would continue on. Right. So I, by no means, do I want to sell it down the river. Like it's just been smooth <laughs> sure. the whole time. You know, what happens too is when you enter into a relationship with somebody, unless you're like, either older and more experienced or just wildly, you know, evolved, which uh-huh. neither one of us are, um, you learn, you learn the rhythm and the dance. Mm-hmm. And so even for the first few years, you have chemical reaction getting you through it. And then you start stepping on each other's toes and you go, Oh, and then you have to either go, are we going to try to learn the language or aren't we? Yeah. So I think first there was that we've had the, the good fortune of having a couple close, like we're not going to make it. Early on or very early? Uh, no, I can, I can sort of say two incidences. Like when, when I was 30, so 15 years ago, and then we had a, like a sort of a bump in the road, uh, before our last daughter was born. Mm -hmm. And, and that was, you know, I think these are opportunities where if you can kind of grid it out, um, you can get to the other side of it. Yeah. Um, so that's first. Okay. Secondly, so it hasn't been perfect is what you're saying. That nothing is perfect. Sure. And, and definitely relationships aren't perfect and cohabitation, I believe is in some ways oddly unnatural. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a couple dynamics going on. One is Laird is very, very alpha. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a book last year called my foot's too big for the glass slipper, a guide to the less than perfect life. And mm-hmm. I, and in there, I, I discuss how at a certain age, maybe in my early thirties, cause I am very actually masculine in my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're very driven, you're very focused. Yeah. And actually Laird's more emotional than I am, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I say that like respectfully and, sure. and as a compliment. Yeah. I was um, really surprised actually when he's he was very sensitive. Us. You know, very... if, if I was with m- myself, I would be bored to death. You know, like I'm very steady, same mood every day, you know, yeah, Laird's yeah. like this. Um, but I think that 
first of all, we ba- we are ba- we're balancing each other right mm-hmm. out. And also what you learn is all the traits that you really love and respect and admire about that individual person is connected to other things that are challenging. And so you go, hey, I don't want to throw those out exactly. because they're connected to these. And so you learn, I, I said this in my book, you got to have your top five. What are your five things? Like some women might say successful, handsome, funny, whatever, whatever your five are. And then everything else, it's kind of like out the door. Mm-hmm. And I knew for me, I really did want a very strong man because I, I feel like I'm a strong woman. You and need someone to be a strong. Yeah, because I, I wanted to be in my home kind of the female. Yes. Because out in the world, I sort of express myself really more in a male way. Yes. And so I, I love that about Laird. And there's mutual respect which is paramount, right? You have to respect the other person. But when you have an alpha male, I always say you can't neuter them. Mm. You, gotta, no, you can't take their balls. Right. Or try. Laird, if I tried, he'd be like, what are you doing? Like, that would be, <laughs> we would be divorced. Yeah. He's not going to allow that. Um, and, I, and the other thing is I don't treat anyone, I'm not nicer to any person in the world than I am to Laird. Mm-hmm. I'm the nicest. And usually when we're in our house, we treat the people closest to us the worst, right? Mm. Yeah. And it's, Hmm. For me, because also Laird has sort of said and not said, this is my expectation. But having said that, he is the same way. Now, he does it differently than me. So that's the other thing is you start to learn how does the other person give. You don't say, well, I give like this, so you give like that. No, I give like this, and then you give your unique way, and I just need to learn to recognize it. Yeah. Right? And appreciate it and not try to... uh... No, make or it a game, or make it like a counting game, or something. Or you never keep score. Yeah, of course. It just it doesn't work. But you you hope that there is a, a is sort of a give and a take. Mm-hmm. But I think you know what women have to understand, and I get ro- just rousted for this all the time because I use the word submissive, you know, uh-huh. like in 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 everything. But I sort of felt comfortable, and maybe I could have used a better word like, um, <laughs> you know yielding or what have you to another person. (laughs) Like there's nothing wrong with saying, Oh no, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Cause if I don't really want to, I don't have to. Right. And then you hope that your partner's like, Oh no, go ahead. You know? And so that's, first of all, we've had people go, well, it must be hard. You two are very strong. You leave it at the door. I don't want to antagonize Laird. I'm not here to provoke Laird. Mm. I'm not here to agitate him. You know, when I see people that live together and I can see them kind of actually trying to push each other's buttons, I'm like, man, life is too short. Right. It's already hard enough <laughs> as it is. But also some people, maybe that's their language. They get, yeah. they kind of get off on that. Yeah, so being fine. with an alpha male, you have to kind of let them be their, their strong male self. Mm. Um, but the other side of that is they have to be tender. Yeah. Like Laird's very good about this. You look very pretty. Men don't realize that if they can focus, even if it's for a very short period of time, on their woman and make her feel important and special and he's attracted to her, he's going to have so few problems with her. The problem is, is that men aren't reminded or we're not clear about, I am, this is important. So we're always like, we don't spend time together and you're golfing and all this. It's because she's not, she feels unsure. Mm. But if he can make her, I feel so loved. I'm not unsure. And mm. the other thing I know about Larry is he'll tell, he'll tell me what I need to know. Mm. I never will wonder, you know, if like Larry's on a trip to Europe and I don't talk to him for three days, he'll tell me. You're not worried about it or anything. I'm not, yeah. Just let me know. Yeah. Whatever. Just because it's it just, I don't want to be that kind of person. Mm. I'm not going to call you and be like, well, where were you? I don't care. Like, it's not my thing. Like, you'll let me know. When We've got an it. understanding. If that's ever going to, something's going to go down, then, or you want to be somewhere else someday, just let me know. Yeah. Sure You're here. Check in constantly. Or, no. Yeah. And I remind, Laird is reminded he's here because he wants to be here. And I think, so with women, it's kind of, you know, and it sounds ridiculous, but men are, they, it's a chasing deal, right? Mm-hmm. So I think when a woman has her act together and she conducts herself a certain way and the male respects her, um, and she's, can be kind and nice, mm-hmm. he's, he's probably not going to go too far. No. And I hate to say it, and I've talked about this a lot. You have to have sex. Yeah. 
It's just a very simple you thing. I hate to say that if you've got to. Well, yeah. no, I mean, people act like, I mean, I've done interviews. And they're like, so you said you should have sex on a regular basis. Like it's yes. a big deal. And I'm like, okay, but let's understand with men, their language of love is two things, mm. food and sex mm-hmm. straight up. Yeah. If I, if I give Laird food and he has sex on a regular basis, happy, good to go. Pretty much happy. For and respect time. him. Don't really yeah. get in his way. Yeah. He's, he's incredible with our children. Yeah. He, you know, it's all these things. And, and so I think that, but it's up also to the man to understand how to cherish, mm-hmm. um, protect, right. but also you can't let us take over because as women, right, we want to control everything. And that isn't always the best idea. No. You know, if we run the house, pretty good idea. Right. But if we're all of a sudden telling you how to talk, walk, dress, think, what to do, what not you're to done. do all the time, you will you will resent me, lose your identity, and you and will not be the man that I want to be with. You fell in love with in the first place, right? Yeah. So Laird, in, in a very nice way and not nice at times, <laughs> I understand. You know, he said to me once, "I had a mother, and she died," oh. and I was like, "Roger." So I think it's, and it's this: no man's going to save you. Mm. You're not. You're. Laird's not here to make me happy. Yeah. He's not going to make me happy. So that's another thing. We got mm. read those books, right? Here comes the horse. You get on and everything's good. Um, the, in essence, I actually believe if if a couple's together and it's a pretty good woman, she will bring out the best in the male. Mm. Yeah. But her happiness isn't relying upon him. How does a woman uh, in these days find her happiness with all that's going on? What's I know. The best, what's the best way for them to find inner happiness? Yeah. Being with the man of their dreams yeah. or being without the man sure. of their dreams? Sure, because that's another some... thing I think is an important message. Yeah. I don't think, oh, you have to be married or you have to have children to be fulfilled and happy. Right. I would never sell that. I think everybody has an individual walk. I think it's first, who am I? What am I good at? How do I want to express myself? What are my passions? Mm. And I think it's very important to take care of yourself. Yeah. I think exercise and eating well is a great start. Yeah. Um, the other thing that happens to women is we go through the process of being in a family and having children, and then we get spit out of that, and we've lost our identity. And it's, it makes sense. Yeah. It takes a lot of time and effort. How do you put everyone else first simultaneously to not losing yourself? Mm. How have you done it? Um, I'm selfish that mm. way. I don't, you know, as much as I give to my family... I'm, I'm very clear that I will be the worst person to live with if I don't stay defined as a human being. Never mind a woman, just yeah. a human, just as, as Gabby, yeah. right? Because we have all these labels. And so I make sure that my voice doesn't get squashed. And I have a partner who, as long as, because no offense, men are babies, you know? And as long as Laird's needs are getting met, he's like, go f- kill it, honey. Knock yourself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he felt neglected... He'd be a nightmare. He'd be a baby. So, and yeah. it's, and it's, and I, I've said this a million times. It's unfair. We have to do more and do more work as the women. And that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have to sort of like, you know, we don't have to, but if you're going to be with an you alpha get male, to if you want to be, yeah, yeah. If you have a different dynamic, which is completely possible, then you will have a different, right. it'll just be different. Right. And yeah. that's okay too. We're yeah. just talking about this dynamic. Sure. So, what are you what are you most passionate about these days then? What is what is excites you? What are you defining yourself with? Well, I what think, you, you know, on? obviously my family, because when you peel it all away, when you look back on all mm. of it, it, if you can't focus on the most important things, which is your relationships with your friends and your family, mm-hmm. then you will have kind of it will have passed you by. Right. So I think the one thing I'm always clear about is like these are the good old days because yeah. sometimes I more so than Larry can be like pressing ahead to a goal and you can like miss the point. Like it's like the holidays. I just try to get through the holidays, mm. you know, and then enjoying I, them. Yeah. And then I, well, yeah, but they talk about Christmas as an event put on by women to be enjoyed by men and children. Right? Right. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, I go, okay, January 2nd, cause Brody's birthday is January 1st. And then I go, just take it in cause yeah. it's happening right now. Yeah. So that's for a second of all, I mean, I, you know, my, my businesses, you know, I, yeah. I work and uh, I've been spreading a curriculum I created. We're putting in all the 24 hour fitnesses across the country. Wow. And What's um, the curriculum? it's called high X. Uh, it's a class that I created by accident. And, um, <laughs> I started doing, um, we moved from Maui to Kauai in the winters. And so I love Kauai. It's my favorite Island. Yeah. It's beautiful. Of the islands. It's the most beautiful. It's, it's unreal. It's a special Island. That's where Lair grew up. It's amazing. And Kauai. 
Oh, yeah. Why did they set on Oahu? No? On the North Shore, Oahu? He was very little on Oahu. Gotcha. But he grew up Kauai. on Kauai. Kauai is amazing. That's why he's that look in his eye. <laughs> Certain people, you see him from Hawaii, they have a look in their eye. Man, I lost myself for three days I was there. It was just like, oh, it yeah. captivated me. It, you know, listen, I always say about Kauai, though, like, if you have any unsettled business with yourself, that island is tough on you. Because yeah. you go like this. Right. Because um, we lived there in the mid-90s, and it wasn't so pretty. No, I bet not. Yeah. No. So we, I mean, for us, it was not pretty. And then we moved back um, about eight years ago. So about seven years ago, wow. when we moved from Maui to Kauai, they shut the gym there. So I had a few friends. I said, okay, you know what? I'll rent out the community center three days a week. You guys can train with me. It'll be fun. It's like eight of us. Uh-huh. And then it was like, because it's a small place, and nobody had a place to train. 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 people. And so then we moved it to the warehouse. And so I charged everyone a dollar. Mm because I had insurance so that we had a contract and I, so it was, you know, it was a dictatorship, not a democracy. And it became like the ultimate classroom in Kauai. Kauai. This was the place to be. So after three years, I thought, Oh, it's completely scalable. I could teach anyone who knows how to do that. After three years, I thought it's completely scalable. I can teach people how to do this. So we created curriculum. We've gotten NAS some CEC points, like the whole thing. And, um, the thing I love about it is, my whole thing is to be is about community. Even it's though, like, about in, community. even though, in some ways, I'm like a very antisocial person. I'm an only child. I wouldn't mind just being by myself. You know, like I'm always like, who are all these people in my house? And they're like my children these, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not the people downstairs. I can ignore. I mean, the like, training, yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, him. Oh, that's my husband and the children. You know, like I'm an only child. You know, I'm like, who, who are all these people? You know, my kids want to have sleepovers. I'm like, more people. You know, but. There is a part of me that I understand, and I think it comes from playing team sports, yeah. the power of community yeah. and a team. So high X, you're on a team, actually. You're not working on alone. So you're on a team mm. of two or four or six, like in my big classes, and you follow another team. So what creates is diversity. Men can be in a man group. 60-year-old women can be in a you know badass 60-year-old lady group. Because, by the way, I got plenty of 60-year-old ladies banging more iron and heavier weights than my 20-year-olds. Wow. And so it creates diversity. But your team kind of reflects who you are. But in the big room, it's sort of a big hodgepodge of wildly conditioned and deconditioned. And, right. you know, and everything has a regression, a modification. Huh. And and the workouts that I write are different each time. So when you come wow. in, it's a, I've written over 1,200 workouts. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so we did the curriculum, and, and now we're, we're doing it. You choose your own team every time, or you can just jump into the I teams? put everybody on teams. So but what that, happens so is, like, if you came yeah. and I said, are you here with anyone that you want to work out with? If you said, no, I put you on a team. If you say, yeah, then you'd be on the team with your friend. Gotcha. Of course. Um, I generally, you know, so it's like you have to read people very quickly to understand what kind of team to put mm. them on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to write all that psychology into the manuals. For the teachers. Correct. <laughs> because half of the, the success of the program is... Because, with, right? Yep. And it, so it creates accountability. And let's say it's... Wow my first time and you've been here and then someone puts me on your team, you actually help me. So there's mm. all these kinds of things where people are taking accountability um, and it has resistance training, cardio, proprioception and balance and a little bit of stretching. So f- the other notion of that is early in the 90s when I was writing for, you know, Elle magazine or Condé Nast magazines, I don't have time. I don't know what to do. This is what I hear over and over for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. So high X is a, is a way I think fitness is a really, um, you know, I think there's so many pieces to that puzzle. Yeah. I think it's meditation and stretching. And for some people, it's running. Real runners are runners. Right. That's what they do. They're runners. Yeah, they are. And you don't get in the way of that, right? So exactly. it's it's not about like, oh, there's one way. But this is a modality yes. that will help the very busy person. But you can go high or low. Mm. And it's difficult. Yeah, and it's not the extreme CrossFit where you're going to kill yourself. But you won't like get hurt. Yeah, you won't get hurt. But it's... But it's, it's as, ex- as extreme, it's it sounds tough. like. No, no, I, it isn't as extreme because CrossFit, and I, and I like their measuring system. I just think that they have certain moves that are challenging for a lot of people for to beginners. do correctly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you have long levers, for example, a different level, a different type of challenge, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I just... And you know what? Listen, whatever works for people. Of course. But for me, HIX is a very safe way um, to get it done. But it, yes, it's very challenging. But when does it roll out in 24 hours? It's been rolling out. They started teaching yet. the classes about a month or two months ago. Wow. I've been doing the training. I, ta- I trained master trainers about a year ago. And then we've been going to different uh, cities and regions and doing it. Amazing. Is that what you're most excited about right now in your business side of things? Yeah. I mean, you know, the IP on that for me is like a cornerstone. It's an interesting thing as a woman. Okay. So 
here's how I look at it. You have pillars. So you have movement, Mm -hmm. you have nutrition, you probably have like happiness or joy and maybe stress management, sleep and you know, all this. But then on top is all the stuff like that women want to talk about aging, sex, relationships, makeup, skincare, right? So they actually, I just was at idea, the fitness thing. And I Mm -hmm. spoke, there's like 150 fitness bloggers. Not one asked me about fitness. So when I look at my business, I go, okay, we have to have the the pillars because you can't get to all this if you're not really taking care of the basics. But then I look at really the business part is all this stuff up here. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at. And now that I appear to be more approachable because I have children, even (laughs) though I was approachable when I was an athlete, nobody ever asked me questions except other than like my training and volleyball Mm -hmm. and how do you manage doing modeling and volleyball? Like sometimes people say, I didn't know you thought about that. I go, nobody ever asked me. You know, but so now that I'm a little older, I, that's where I'm focused. Yeah. I'm focused on how do we take the best care of ourselves and have those conversations? What is it? Mm. Was it relationships? Is it my skin? Is it, uh, you know, is it recipes? Yeah. How do you get, make it taste good and be quick Mm. and not want to kill yourself? Right. Um, and just kind of all those things. So that's really, if you ask me what I'm focusing on, high X is almost like my volleyball. Right. I show up, I've taught the class, I wrote the curriculum, I've done it, but really it's just the corn, it's the anchor. Yeah. It's, it's real. Right. And then it's the other stuff. Gotcha. What's the one question you've always wanted people to ask they never have? I don't know. I think, you know, I think the perception of me is like big blonde girl from California where everything was smooth, you know? And so for me, the question's Sometimes I connect with them and sometimes I don't because the way I was raised and Mm. what I think about and what's important to me is often so far away from some of the questions. But listen, Laird and I talk about this a lot. When people are nice to you or recognize you or give you attention or what have you, just say thank you. Mm -hmm. Because it's the fact that we've both been able to do what we really love to do as a living is one of the the greatest things you could ever do. Yeah. And so what people pick up from you and what they need might be different than what you think you are. Right. And you get over that. Yeah. In my 20s, I wanted to be taken very seriously. I'm serious, you know. And people want to talk to me about, like, modeling. Right. And I'm like, no, but I'm a serious person. Right, right. And I'm like, great. You want to talk about hair color? Let's do sure. it. You yeah. know, because that's also lightening up as a person mm-hmm. and understanding, too, it, it isn't actually about me. I'm just in a, I'm just occupying a space right now. You know, I occupied a different space in my twenties and then my thirties and now I'm here and someone else is filling that space in my, in their twenties. Right. So you, you realize it's not you. It's just, you're occupying a space. You're representing something, what people need, they'll get from it. And then you, you go, you're going to go into another space, but you can't take yourself like I'm so, you know, it's so serious Mm -hmm. and I, it's so important. My opinion, it's like, (laughs) No, you know, you're lucky that even any person listens for a second, you know? So I think that's kind of a good thing about Mm -hmm. time and age and all that. What is the, uh, the biggest lesson you've learned from your sports days and applying it to the rest of your life? What do you think has really supported you? Those lessons? Well, it's the formula, right? It's, it's the belief in yourself, even when it's scary and unknown, Mm. it's going, it's not going the way I wanted to, but I'll keep believing and I'm going to keep working Mm. and I'm going to keep focusing and also, I'm going to keep asking myself and making sure I'm doing it for the right reasons, you know? And I'm, and I'm going to deal with my fear and anxiety, right? Sure, I have fear and anxiety all the time. That's how I'm hardwired to not be successful. You know, Laird and I both walk around like our feet are on the fire mm. because that's how I was geared. Um, and it's like, and it's also getting out of my way. The other thing hmm. is too is like, let yourself win. It's okay to, you know, like as a girl being an athlete, it was always hard for me, like, I want to win, but I don't want to stick out. I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. And then you go, that's, that's again, another waste of time. So age and having children has made, has made me understand like people aren't, some people are going to dig it. Some aren't and just, it's okay. So to go for it, to keep your head down, believe in that formula of hard work. And that also to understand that everything has a timing. So even though my timing might be like, yo, I need it now. The timing of when it's supposed to all come together might be different. Mm-hmm. And to believe in that process and have the faith. And when you don't have a person that you can talk to and go, yo, I'm frustrated, right. you know, and I'm scared. And I, I, you know, both are not a thing with a timeline. So you start going, well, maybe I'm going to run out of time. 
maybe I'm going to get too old. Like you have all that weird stuff. Yeah. Or maybe you, you're too young or... You never think you're too young. but <laughs> To achieve something in business, maybe people don't take you seriously or there's yeah. different stages. I don't know. I, mean, I, know. I, I had to think about... Yes, actually, you know what? You know what? You're right. You're right. Because I work with... Sometimes when I work with people, I was recently in Florida working with a guy who's very young, mm-hmm. but he was very smart. But I And he said though, but being this young... Who's going to take me seriously? Who's right. going to... Yeah. So it's, it's all that and it's understanding too. I try to go, well, what's the lesson so that maybe I can get through it faster. Like when it's going a certain way, I go, what is it that I'm supposed to be learning here so that maybe I can get on with it? Because it's sort of like, if you look around, if you ever have a week where you go, well, I've had conflict with this person and that person and this Mm. person. So the common thing in all that is (laughs) me. So what's going on, Mm. you know? And so I think, you know, personal accountability is big in sports. Yeah. You hope. So I think all of those things and discipline, Yeah, you know, you just grind out. What do you think are some strategies someone could increase their belief in themselves? Mm. If they've been down, if they're constantly feeling like they're a failure in business, life, relationships, their health is out of integrity. What are some steps that people can increase their belief? Because, you know, as an athlete, that's the thing you need the most. Yeah. Usually the ones that believe in themselves the most are the ones that believe that, uh, you know, God has given him the energy the yep. most, whatever it is, yep. it's the belief. Those are the ones who win or get to the highest level. Sure. So how does someone increase that belief? Well, I'll give you an example. So my knee, I talk about my knee a lot. My knee is, you know, a big chink in my armor physically. And just when I start feeling sorry for myself and I go down that path, I stop for just a moment and I go, you should just say thanks that that's all you're dealing with. Mm. Right. Or that it's still there. Right. And so I think sometimes it's a shift in thinking and perspective. However, hard to get to if you're not feeling good (laughs) and you're not eating good food, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're going on an up and down. Let's say you're eating sugar. So you're going, now you're tired. Hard to go, wow, I'm going to get great perspective and I'm exhausted (laughs) because I was up doing gaming till two o'clock and now I'm up at six. So I'm going to go back to the pillars because I think I always say like exercise Mm -hmm. was way cheaper than therapy. Right. right. Yeah. It's a very straightforward Free. thing. <laughs> just kind of, even if it's walk, right? Yeah. And so let's say they can't get it done on their own. Do you have a friend? Make create an environment. I don't pop out of bed every day going, I'm so excited to exercise. No, I've created a, an infrastructure yeah. to be successful. A compound around you. Yeah. And I have like, I, I teach a yeah. class that I better show up in. You have to, yes. Right. So this is the thing is how do you create infrastructure around you to be successful? Know your weaknesses. If you don't want to eat it, don't buy it at the grocery store and have it in the house, right? right? Say, okay, that's a, a go out to get thing, yes. right? So I always say on the nutrition side, take out your worst thing. So if you're a smoker, would I say to you, stop smoking? No, I'd say, could you smoke less? Just today, could you smoke less, mm-hmm. right? If you eat uh, Twinkies, could you take that out of your diet mm. and just substitute like the three sodas? Could you have one and drink water? Yeah. Is it's finding ways, baby steps to kind of deal with the pillars. I got to move consistently and eat and eat well yes. to support mm. my belief system because I can't get through here, get there through here and through here. If I feel miserable, yeah. I just think it's very difficult. Yeah. So I think that that's one thing I think having, the understanding that everything sort of has its process. And so nothing happens easy. I have not had one thing in my career, hmm. in my relationships, parenting or otherwise, just happen easily. Now they happen and they're pretty good. They're n- they've never happened easily. Yeah. Right. So it's going into things when you're integrating your belief system, know that it's going to be a little bit of work. Doesn't mean you have to beat yourself up. That's the other side though. When it can be easy, allow it to be easy. Um, and who you surround yourself with, yeah. right? Your belief system is still a reflection on the people around you. So I'll give you another example. Laird will have people around him if they're his same age or younger and they'll go, Oh, well, yeah, cause now I'm 48 and I don't do that. They got to go. Mm. They're going to, they're in the way. They got to go because for Laird and his belief system and what he's trying to accomplish, he can't be around those kind of people. So if you are trying to create a situation where you feel good about yourself, you have to have people around you that their messaging is similar. Can't be nagging you or talking about Or like, why do you think you can do that? Or that's going to be really hard. They could say, it's completely doable. What's your plan of action? It's going to be tough, but you can do it. Right. You cannot have people go like, why do you think you can do that? 
I mean, questioning you. Correct. They got to go. Right. So I think it's all of these things and seeing this, but then understanding that, you know, and I'm not a particularly religious person, but there's a verse in the Bible that says that God knows each hair on each of our heads, right? Is it understanding each of us is special and has a special voice and a special mission, but we have to just believe in that and understand what that is, mm. but be honest with ourselves. Not, hey, I'm going to do X to make this dollar. Or if you are, be honest about that. Right. Cool. Or, hey, I'm going to do X so I can get this attention. Like, it's just about understanding why you're doing things. And sometimes, like, for example, I do photo shoots that I know why I'm doing it. It's to get attention. Mm -hmm. And certain jobs, it's to, to get money. money. Right. Right. But be clear and be honest. Because if you're not, then you don't, you lose control and you don't really know why you're doing things. And then mm -hmm. you don't, you lose yourself. Right. You got to be straight up. So I think it's, it's that too. But creating a really good environment and when you feel scared and you doubt, know that that's part of being a human. Yeah. And having a Don't safe beat place. Up, right? No, have a safe yeah. place. It's like people who are trying to eat better and they blow it one day. Get over it. Mm. It's okay. Tomorrow's another day. Yeah. That's the great thing. Yeah. You know, it's like right. we don't need to wait to New Year's to start over. <laughs> new Year. You can Every start tomorrow. A new year. You can start over. <laughs> yeah, I love you know? that approach. What do you think you were put on this earth to do? <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, I just hope, let's say, that I can be one small representation in that rainbow of things out there representing, you know, is it women or is it, you know, any of that, that's like at least, a, you know, some alternative. Because yeah. there's everybody's representing different things. And if I could represent the idea of let's try to take care of ourselves, let's see if we can arrive at forms of happiness, mm -hmm. let's see if we can accept where we are in our life, let's not be afraid of what's uncomfortable and messy about life. That's the other thing too. I, I, I'm actually not interested in perfection. I, I don't find it interesting. Mm. I like when people are like, this is how it is. <laughs> I, real. I love that. Yeah. Well, and that's so who, that's who you are. You're very well, real. Yeah. Because for me, I don't know what else there, what else there mm -hmm. is. And also I don't want to pretend mm -hmm. because then it, it, it sort of feels like time wasted. Yeah. Like that was just pretend. Yeah. So for me, I just, I, I think that, and, and also to, I, I want to be someone who you would hope, like if you're victorious, then I'll celebrate your, mm. your victories. If somebody very similar to me is killing it, I want to be able to celebrate their Not victories. Not be jealous or upset. Correct. Or... So it's, it's also. How do you get the, to that place? Uh, cause it's sort of like, what's the alternative? Mm. You know, it's like, it's just bad behavior. You know, there's a Greek proverb, sorry, that's yeah. the, the blacksmith hates the blacksmith. Uh -huh. It's, of course. Yeah. It's natural. Oh, you know, it's like they're similar and threatened. But imagine playing volleyball with a bunch of big, badass women, certainly faster, bigger, stronger. Mm -hmm. You learn quick to go, great. <laughs> Thank your parents and your coach. And modeling. Yeah. Girls who were certainly, you know, more beautiful or whatever your perception of what was or better body or better teeth or something better. You better learn how to go, good for you. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. And then go, who am I? What am I good at? What am I doing? What's my voice? And keep moving forward. Because also when you're looking around, you're not moving forward. Yeah. So I, I would like to represent that for, I guess, females obviously first <clears throat> because I am a female. Mm -hmm. And, and again, to encourage people like, how does it work for you? You don't have to do it my way. My way right. is my way, but how, ask yourself those questions and, and kind of create your own manual. Sure. I like that. What would you say is your biggest superpower? If you had one superpower? I can read people very well, quickly. Mm. I developed that very young as a kid because I needed it to survive. Mm. I can I can get it off people very quickly. And what's become interesting is once I started getting a public job in my early 20s, people were paying attention to me and they weren't didn't realize I was paying attention to them because mm. they thought I was only paying attention to myself. Mm. And so they let their guard down. Sure. But I think, and I, I can't believe I'm saying it, and this is to remind anyone, your curse is your power, right? Is your gift is my size is one of, has been one of the best things for me on so many levels. I played volleyball because of it. Yeah. Um, but just even how I can, I can move through this world, it's natural protection. Yeah. People treat me differently. And women, for example, they don't look at me as a threat or competitive because they actually deal with me more like I'm a guy. Mm. And so I can relate to women in a kind of a different, better way. Sure. Um, 
but yeah, I think I can read, I can get a sense of people. That's why even doing high X, like I can see a person. I know what group to put them in. Mm. I can just tell. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I don't know if it's awesome. It's just, <laughs> it can be helpful. Yeah, of course. That's great. What are your three favorite books right now? If you were to pass on three books to people. Okay. Well, I read the book. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. it's on my iPad. Sean Aker, the one about happiness. Yes. Is it called Finding Happiness? Yeah. Or something like that. Or... Yeah. And I, I recently read it. And what I, I liked it, great. what I, I liked great. about it was the science. Like you could do three things. So somebody who has no means, let's say, mm-hmm. if you, if every day you thought of three things that you appreciated, okay, I had a great meal, a great walk with a friend and a great phone call. What you're doing is those, uh, neuroreceptors begin to ask for that information. Versus, and there was traffic and this and that. Then your neuroreceptors start asking for that information. Mm-hmm. So I love that idea. Um, I did read, and I'm sure Laird said it. I did read Natural Born Heroes as well, mm-hmm. and I I enjoyed it. And then I always said, as a kid, I read um, Atlas Shrugged, and it sort of, without getting you know heavy-handed, it sort of reminded me that like it's not always as it appears. Mm. So maybe don't buy like. The only truth you know is the truth that's right immediately around you. So do the best you can with that, you know, instead of, you know, everything else that's around us, I'm not in control of that. I am in control how I speak to you and the truth that I'm living. And, and beyond that, uh, it's kind of a crapshoot a bit, (laughs) you know? Okay. Yeah. I asked Laird this and I've been asking a lot of my guests this, uh, if it's the last day, and, oh. you get to, and you get to write down three truths, and it sounds like you're already speaking about it, so I'm leading into okay. this. You've got to leave behind three truths and everything else you ever created. Yeah. No one got yep. to witness anymore. Okay. Here are the three things you know to be true from your experience. Okay. What would those three truths be? Okay. Uh, well, one is that that being truthful will always is always the best idea. Mm-hmm. Just it's very simple. Even when it hurts. It, it's, you're going to get there anyway, and mm. it's going to be 10 times worse. Right. You know, Laird is the most truthful person I know. Yeah. I am, we joke because our daughters, one is our second and third, the middle one is like him, and the youngest is like me. And she would have, she would have an easier time certainly being dishonest. Yeah. The younger one, way more like me. Yeah. You know, and my middle's like, here it is. <laughs> Laird couldn't lie if he really had to. Wow. He just can't. Yeah. Um, and, I know for, as a woman, I would say, leave this, especially to women, men do this very well. Don't take anything personal. Mm. You know, it's not personal and we take everything personal. And I have really learned, and Laird has taught me this, uh, living with someone like him, I've really learned that, um, it's not about me, your bad mood or how you reacted or the way you directed me that it's over there on the left. Um, it's, it's not about anything. It's, it's not personal. And I've, I've said this before, but I think the notion of not being afraid to let someone else go ahead of you and to feel the enough personal strength that to let people, cause in our culture now, it's like, I don't want to be taken advantage of. I don't want anyone to get a leg up on me, but allowing someone else to get there first mm. or is, is really, as long as you know what you're doing and you're working hard and you're on your path, um, it's not a weakness, Yeah. you know, and really, you know, I think it creates flow and I would do a fourth, which is to say yes. Say yes. Yes. Because yes, even if it, you don't end up at yes, yes can bring you down the path of discovery. And even if it's to go to the next, but when you say no, you don't even begin the journey. Right. And so I think mm-hmm. saying yes to positive things. Sure. You know. That's great. Okay. Uh, I've got one final question. Okay. But where should we direct people to? Where should they go find more about you? What's the, the main site, social media, the main thing that you're excited uh, about online? Oh, yeah, online. <laughs> Could we do that universal truth? Turn off your electronics. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. No more Paris. Pick up the phone. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, my Twitter's at Gabby Reese, and uh, I have a website, GabbyReese.com. Okay. Or Gabrielle, they both get directed there. And then, I mean, High X is really kind of fun thing. and exciting. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I actually have two questions. Mark. Okay. One is, first is, what are you most grateful for recently? 
I'm just grateful that my family is healthy. Mm. I, there won't be anything that ever goes above that. And when I think I'm going crazy and I want to choke their necks, the little ones, especially, or they, you know, it's something I just go get a, like, you know, they're healthy because if you ever talk to any parent, whoever has to deal with anything large or small about their children's health, there's nothing to talk about. Right. Nothing. So I'm grateful that we're healthy and, and that, and they're mm. healthy. And, and, and that's the thing. That's why I'm such an advocate for this space. Cause I don't want to have to lose my health to appreciate it. And I want to encourage other people take care of yourself because the minute you aren't feeling well or you get touched by something that's a misfortune, that's all you care about. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Well, before I ask the last question, Gabby, I want to acknowledge you. I acknowledge all my guests at the end for what opens up for me from okay. our experience. So I want to acknowledge you for your commitment to serving women and by being the example because you're so committed and grounded at the same time and loving and there's not many women i should take that back there are a lot of women out there who are doing great things but i think it's challenging for a lot of women sometimes to have their own identity yeah have a great family have the career they want the health and the sanity at the same time and i really see from being here that you have it all and it's really Thanks. inspiring for me to witness it and be around your energy. And I just really acknowledge you and Thanks. appreciate you for, for doing that for everyone. So thank you. You're welcome. The final question is what's your definition of greatness? That if you can get your external life to reflect who you truly are, I think from the inside, then there's a harmony that maybe is part of why we're here. So greatness Listen, the greatest, some of the, maybe one of the greatest people I ever met was an elevator operator. Mm. You know, it, it, it's not about like money or, or, or notoriety or some level of a, a achievement. It's, are you true to yourself and does your outer life reflect who you are and your essence on the inside? Because that takes a level of courage and yeah. commitment. And also it's a, it's just, I think anytime any of us can do that, it's it sort of, one of the greatest opportunities, mm. you know. Sure. Now, I think what your next movement should be. You want to hear what it is? Sure. See, I can't believe I don't have sons because I would have totally done this. I think you need to start being an advocate for men and young men mm. because they, for me, part of being a successful woman, if I choose to be in, in a relationship with a man, is having a group of men that are available mm. to have that dance with. Of course. And I think we have young men that people they're not are not getting mentored that are not being taught to be um in the good sense of the terms the honorable sense of the terms men they've gotten shuffled around and confused and i think that that's going to be something that's really really important yeah. in the upcoming years because you know title nine is a genius thing 1970 mm-hmm. but in that we've been such advocates for women We've forgotten our men. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be an advocate for women, but I would like to be an advocate for humans Mm. first of all kinds, whatever, you know, Um, because what's happening is now it kind of went the other way. And I think that um, it's going to be culturally pretty tricky. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for the answer. Yeah. So let's go. You know, let's do it. <laughs> well, I see Larry doing that right now. He's bringing this group of men together. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this I... whole breathing thing is really grounding us and centering us. And yeah. I mean, from my experience today, I was like, wow, it's really connecting me to my truth. Well, and Amy and I were talking about this. The real, really wonderful, noble traits of men are not celebrated. Mm-hmm. You know, honesty mm-hmm. and directiveness, helpfulness, um, protectiveness. Yeah. There's so many traits that we just, okay, like, but if men poke their head up, then we go, oh, well, he, you know, we can bash men, not women, right. that kind of thing. Right. And I think it's really important for them to, to get their voice back a little yeah. bit. Well, I'm going to work on that. All right. <laughs> Gabby, thank okay. you so much. Aloha. I appreciate it for yeah, having me Thank on. you. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, please share this with your friends over at lewishouse.com slash 215. All the show notes there, more links, uh, ways to connect with Gabby, more information about her and all that she's up to. Make sure to support her. Such an incredible human being. And uh, I'm, I'm loving everything that I'm seeing that she does online and all the things that she supports. So make sure to check her out. Give her some love. Tweet at her. 
Let her know you listened to this episode. Let her know what you enjoyed most about this interview as well over on Twitter, over on Instagram, all those good places. Again, lewishouse.com slash 215. Share this with your friends. And make sure to go to greatnessbook.com. That's right. Pre-order a copy of The School of Greatness, which comes out very soon. In less than a couple months, it'll be out in stores. And I'm so excited for you guys to dive into this meaty, inspirational, action value-added book. That's right. Super pumped for this. Again, go to greatnessbook.com, sign up there, and make sure to share this with your friends. If this is your first time being exposed to the podcast, thank you so much for being here. I am super blessed and grateful that you are here. Please subscribe to us over on iTunes or over on SoundCloud. Make sure to get updates because we do this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, coming right to you with a dose of greatness. So again, subscribe over on iTunes. Check it out at lewishouse.com slash 215. And you guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Great.